Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. And Odyssey Station. The Score! To be honest with you, the beginning of the offseason was, was, it was still there. Um, and then it went away, started throwing, had no problems. Um, got here, everything felt, felt strong. And then, you know, as the buildup in innings and pitches, it, it, it popped. So I think it's one of those things, like we said, uh, better now than in the middle of the season or something that we'd have to deal with all year. So <clears throat> we're in a good spot. Um, have them now and then get back as, as fast as possible. That's what you said when you saw that White Sox starter Lance Lynn is going to be out six to eight weeks with a torn tendon in his right knee. Ah, like it's not the, it's not Tommy John, it's not September, but still, it's like, oh, you know, I mean, because Lance Lynn is one of the reasons that you're going to win this year. Lance Lynn was one of the reasons that you you won because of Lance Lynn in part last year, and you know it, and he was extended with the White Sox because of it and what a perfect fit he was until he pitched against Houston in the playoffs when he became very hittable. But it sucks that Lance Lynn is going to miss the first six to eight weeks of the season. Welcome back in to Score Overnight. I'm Mark Grody. The White Sox trying to offset that, of course, with the signing of, if you didn't hear, the White Sox agreed to a deal with a minor league deal with a big name, Johnny Cueto, guy that you know, guy that has been around, feels like forever now. He fits into that category, 35 years old, been around for 15 years, started his career all those years with Cincinnati. I remember him a ton of times pitching against the Cubs and then the last five years for San Francisco. And now he is with the White Sox, and um, who knows? I mean, it is the it is the classic nothing to lose acquisition, a minor league deal. So they get him for nothing. You try it, you throw him in there, maybe a couple of times, see what he's got, and maybe he gives you something special. You know, it's that possibility because, quite frankly, the chances of him doing better or doing well or serviceable are better than Vince Velasquez and Reynaldo Lopez. Uh, Velasquez got hit up today by the Cubs, as a matter of fact. And this was one of those times where watching a preseason game, there were a couple of things that stood out that were disturbing for both teams, that Vince Velasquez was two and a third, two runs, two hits, did strike out five, walked a couple of men. And even more disturbing was for the Cubs with Drew Smiley, who plays a bigger part now because Wade Miley, is out temporarily injured. Smiley, two and two-thirds, four runs, seven hits, two strikeouts, and a walk. That is not good. And, yeah, things do change when the ball clubs go to their actual spots and it's actual big league games. Everything everything changes. I get it. But those are the, you do. there are things, even in the spring training games, that you can look at and say, eh, 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 can't have that. But, oh, you know, we really can't have my guy, Rowan Wick, hit up today. Oh, no. Rowan, one inning, 
three runs, four walks. Craig Kimbrell is not walking back through that door. He's walked through the Dodgers' door, and that's where he's staying for now. But, yeah, Rowan Wick got crushed around today. So, yeah, it was it was uh, a good offense, though, for both teams. Cubs get a Wilson Contreras homer. Nick Madrigal goes deep. Ian Happ went yard. Aloy Jimenez with a bomb for the White Sox. Danny Mendick hit one over the wall. Xavier Fernandez with a home run, too, for the White Sox. So the offense is just fine. But, ooh, boy, pitching is going to be rough to start the season, I think, for a lot of clubs. Even though it's starting late, it still seems too early. Like, they're not ready. They're not ready. That's what we're going to see. Switching to the Bulls. They host Milwaukee tonight, usually throughout this struggling portion of the Bulls season. Whenever the Bulls play a cupcake team, because they've been struggling, because they are fighting for placement in the Eastern Conference, we say it's a must win. It's easy to say that. When they go when they go on a rugged road trip out west because college basketball is at the United Center and it starts with Sacramento and you know you got Utah and Phoenix coming up, you got to win the Sacramento game. It's a must win, and they did not win that game. When things are going poorly, you got to win the New Orleans game, and you didn't win the New Orleans game. So they're easy for us to sit here and say that's a must win. But you know what? The Bulls game against Milwaukee tonight, I don't know if I want to use must win, but it would be a really damn good win for the Bulls who have gotten blitzed by Milwaukee this year. Milwaukee is the best team in the Eastern Conference, I think. Not not in the standings, but they're the best team, I believe. They host Milwaukee tonight, and the Bulls need to beat a damn good team. The Bulls, are, it's embarrassing, really. I mean, the Bulls are 0-17 against the top three teams in both, both conferences. Not even a blip of a win. Not even, well, we got that one. Whew, we pulled one out against Utah. Well, we got Phoenix. Well, we got Milwaukee. No, the last time the Bulls played Milwaukee was at the United Center. It was 20-20, to and then all of a sudden it was 31-20. to And we've seen the Bulls get not just lose to these good teams, but we've seen the Bulls get blown out by these good to great. They, Miami beat the Bulls 127-109 to on Friday night, and that score is indicative of that game. That, that was the deficit. Miami 127, Bulls 109. That was absolutely legitimate and unbelievable yeah and some of the same old problems were creeping up for the bulls and that's why you don't excuse losses sometimes communication issues on defense alex caruso running into that hard screen and uh, Dwayne dedman deadening him nobody communicated with how often do we hear that during the broadcasts about communicating on defense so it's rudimentary stuff it's not just like what you can't afford to have against what was then you know a a i actually don't know know what their record was at that time but they are actually here it is i just pulled up the the latest conference standings miami is 51 and 28 right now they are two games ahead of Boston. So Boston two back in second place. Milwaukee has now dropped off to two and a half back of Miami. Philadelphia two and a half back as well. And there's your Bulls. Five and a half back. Bulls 45 and 33. Five and a half back. And they need badly to beat a good team. It, I think it would do, look, only four games left for the Bulls this season. But I think it would do just one. And, and you could probably, you well, actually, that, I was going to say you could win out easily, but no, not easily. They I don't trust them as far as I could breathe. <laughs> Sean Sears making his opinion known. Uh, the, the Bulls host Milwaukee tonight. Then they host Boston on Wednesday. So back-to-backs. Jesus, with Boston in town. There's no way I could just circle Boston and say that's a win. But, God, if they were to win out, and then they host Charlotte and at Minnesota on Sunday. So if it wasn't for that dreaded Boston team, you could look at a win-out situation if they were to beat Milwaukee. They got it, man. And what a trick that would be if they did beat Milwaukee and Boston. Like, that would that would completely change the complexion and the feel of the Bulls going into this postseason. And oh, I get hell it, yeah. There's been a lot of bad that has happened for the Bulls in the last couple of months where you're like, what are they? They're going to get eliminated right away. But if they beat Milwaukee and Boston in back-to-backs at this point, that would be something. So, and But I'll just keep it to the Milwaukee game. 
and say, you really got to win this game. Enough with the, the silliness of this 0-17 thing. Get up there with the big boys and show that there is still something left in the tank, that you didn't use it all up in the first 30 games of the season, and that there's hope for winning a playoff game. Because right now, or playoff series, I should say, right now there's not. And I, I was the one who was saying midway through the season, or previous to that, earlier than that, that the bar should be set at winning two playoff series. Forget that. Now it's about winning a playoff series. And if you beat Milwaukee, believe it or not, as simplex as it sounds, if you beat Milwaukee and Boston, there, there's there's a renewed hope in that regard. 312-644-6767. Let's go back to the phones, and we bring in Tom in Hoffman Estates. What's up, Tom? How are you? Thanks for waiting, man. Hey, Mark, I'll tell you what. I just wanted to say uh, you had a hell of a pick there in North Carolina, <laughs> and you had us all on our seat. I was the looking good. I was looking good for a little while there. Good. I'll tell you what. I thought you had it. The way that they were playing the first half, they had the tempo the way they wanted it, and then it's like somebody turned the light switch on the second half. Tom, can I tell you something? There was part of me that was glad that I don't have to brag about North Carolina winning, and here's why. I have nothing to show for it. I didn't put any money on it. I didn't do the company pool. I, I did my picks. I did them all, but that was just for the sake of hosting shows so I could play along with you guys. I never entered in anything, so I'm glad I didn't have to think about what could I have won if I put my fancy picks in, which were pretty good. You all foxed yourself, and I'll tell you why. Uh, <laughs> I went down there. I went down there on Grober's uh, presentation day when they honored him at Rivers, and I made some Final Four plays. Okay. And I had Duke. They made it at two to one. I had Kansas at five to two. I don't even want to tell you what your North Carolina was. Oh. <laughs> the money the money would have been simple to pay and receive i would have received a i would not have had to put a lot of money in to receive a lot of money back is what you're saying right, right. Tom? and that's right up your alley that's exactly what you like yeah. you know, I don't, I i'm not a gambler to, though you know like and, I and this you're not and this, now, you know but uh, you know you have to learn new tricks you know and at your age you're 10 years younger than me and you know you got to learn new tricks, and I've learned this from Grober. You got to bet the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, hey, Grober might be right. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this, Tom. It was the first, like watching both of those, the final four games. I, it was the first time where in both games I was like, man, I should be betting on these games because the first game was not an interesting game as it turned out. So I was like I was like why this this sucks for a final four game. This is not interesting. I'm not enjoying watching this. And I'm thinking I bet if I gambled on this though I'd probably would be enjoy watching this. And then I see North Carolina beat Duke and I'm like the whole reason I thought North Carolina would go all the way is because of when they beat Duke at the end of the season they looked dominant at Cameron Indoor. I'm like I got to start betting on this stuff. Well, I tell you what, you had one good thing going for you with North Carolina. You had a, a guy in there that was grabbing 22 rebounds. I mean, that's unheard of. And then, uh, you know, and he was out there playing on a leg and a half yesterday. Well, he fell apart at the end, but, uh, you know, that guy was tough. You had talk about a, Armando? Correct. Talk about Ar yeah, yeah. Armando know, Bacon, I mean, yes. You know, that kid laid it on the line, and, you know, what a lot of people don't take it into consideration is when you move from the Elite Eight to the Final Four, you're going into, a, you know, a big arena where the shooting background ain't, is, you know, the same as what it would be. So things change. You know, I mean, and uh, North Carolina really did themselves proud as far as I'm concerned. It made the ACC look real good. Yeah, they did. No, they they did, man, and they they made me look good to some degree. And well, hey, yeah, and kudos to I was very very happy for the very excitable Hubert Davis, who was just going crazy in that first interview that they do, like in the first quarter, and he was just jacked up, man. Woof! But hey, good for him. Yeah, uh, 
Mark, if it's all right with you, could we touch on uh, the Bulls a little bit? Because we have Let's do it. four games. Yeah, four, uh, you know, four games thinking, to go. Yep. What I'm thinking is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Milwaukee spanked them the last two times real bad, correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was close for like I was just talking about that last game at the United Center, Bulls and Bucks, and everybody's hyped up, and this is ooh, here we go, and it was like twenty to twenty back and forth, and then all of a sudden, like within like a few minutes, it was it was a ten point lead for Milwaukee, and then they never looked back. Yeah, but I think that stat is a little misleading with the Bulls, where they haven't beat a good team. Is when you look at. the injuries that we had, we always had somebody out. And I don't know to what capacity that we're going to have ball, even if we're going to have them. You know, no, you're not going to – Lonzo Ball's not coming back this year. Yeah, he's not coming no, back. I don't think so either. So we're going to have to figure out some way to get more turnovers, and uh, we're going to have to uh, not turn the ball over. We're turning that <laughs> over more – well, we are turning it over. No, Mark. you're right. So- you're right. And teams have been churning those turnovers into points. Like you look at the the turnovers turned into points for the opposition in a lot of these games, and it is egregious. Tom, thanks so much for the call. I always appreciate hearing from you. I hope I hear from you uh, tomorrow night. But the a few other notes on the Bulls, by the way. Alex Caruso did not practice today or yesterday to rest his back, but Caruso says, this is out of the mouth of Caruso, he says that he will play tonight against Milwaukee. I have a feeling that he'll play, but, uh, I mean, considering the way things went the other night against Miami where he took himself out of the game because of his back and he still got the wrist thing, I don't know what kind of quality minutes we're expecting out of Alex Caruso, unfortunately. Uh, while I'm on the injury list, Zach Levine is probable and um, left knee. Same. It's like that's that's going to be his designation for every game, especially for these last four games. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo probable left knee. So, yeah, you never know. You never know. Uh, so there's just a few Bulls notes, but they got to win this game. It's it's very simple to me. They 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 have to beat the Milwaukee Bucks tonight at home. Game you could hear on six seventy the score starting at six forty five. Back to the phones. Frank is on I eighty. What up, Frank? Hey Mark, how you doing? Great man. How are you, Frank? Okay, Mark. I want to talk about a couple things, but I want to first say, Mark, you told Tom if you're going to be, you'll be here tomorrow night. Who knows about that, Mark? I'm only watching. <laughs> Tom, I will be here. I promise. I promise. I will be here. You'd I'll like be here to for do that. The last, Mark. You'd uh, like to do that. The last, Mark said. Uh, uh, Absolutely. Hey, Frank, you can mess with me all you want. And I know you've been on top of me, man. You want five days a week. I I understand that, Frank. I but know. what else? What? It's all uh, good, buddy. What else is on your mind? You know what? I can't stand Bill Self. I can't okay. stand him. Okay, you know, why? Mark, uh, you know what he did to Illinois? Why well, he just ditched he him? Out. But hey, 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 he left. Hey, he left Illinois with a championship contender team, though, that got to the finals. Yeah, I I understand, Mark, but there's just something about him. I, I don't I like know. Coach K either. I'm glad Coach K lost. I'm tired of him. Yeah, I don't know how he lost that game, and I don't know how North Carolina lost that game. Uh, yeah. You know, when you're up that much, you should put a nail in a coffin. But they were lucky against Murray State a couple of weeks ago, Mark. When yeah. They were, they were, and Maddox got, Maddox, got, uh, Maddox got hurt. All right, Mark, what I really want to go to is the Bears. Okay, me, Molly, and Hall had an argument yesterday. Of Uh-oh. course, I had an argument. But the okay. thing is, is that what I want to get to, Mark, there's $16 million under the cap. Now, they're crying every year how they're, how they're over the cap, how they have no money. Now, so we, are we, so we're talking about the Bears Wagner, right now? We're talking about the Bears, I assume, yes? Yeah. Okay, Bobby I didn't hear Wagner, you say Could you hear me now? I got you, buddy. Go ahead. Okay, Bobby Wagner went to the Rams. Okay, Molly and Hall said he wanted to go to the Rams. Okay, but we don't even try. 
That's my problem. We don't even try. Why don't we try for these elite players, you know, like Amari Cooper, like uh, Devontae? Why don't we try? We don't even try. Ever? I, I, I'm not. I don't like the McCaskies. Since 85, when I was a little kid, or when I was 25 then, they, they just seemed like Michael McCaskey. Ha, 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 ha. You know, I got money in my pocket. They always walked away with that money, that extra money. And they always feel like to me they're a cheap team. You know, Trevor Simeon, what's he going to do? <laughs> well, guess what? They're they're going to try to trade Nick Foles. Trevor Simeon right now is QB2. Or, yeah, he, I can safely say that. I can report that. Trevor Simeon, as of right this moment, is the backup to Justin Fields because they set, they straight up said, Ryan Poles, the Bears GM, straight up said that that he's a better fit than Nick Foles, and he has said that they are amenable to the idea of trading Nick Foles. As far as, you know, I think that, I don't think that the McCaskies are cheap. Maybe there was a time when they were, and that reputation definitely existed in the 80s and pre-80s, but they've taken some pretty massive swings through the years, and Khalil Mack was one of them. I mean, did you ever expect that the Bears would take a swing like that? The, all the money that they poured into to Robert Quinn, you know, the, the Bobby Wagner thing, I get your irritation on that, but the, the Bears have spent plenty of money. Now, they spent it in the right place. That That is definitely up for debate, and in many cases, they certainly have not spent it in, in the right place. But I will tell you this, too. I will say this, Frank, and I've talked about this before. The, the being the Bears general manager is really one of the better jobs in the National Football League because in most cases the the GM has had an incredible amount of autonomy because the Bears, like Ted Phillips, whom the GM used to answer to, remember it's new this year, the GM answers to George McCaskey. And both have admitted in the past, especially McCaskey, he's pretty transparent about it, look, I don't really, I don't like to mess with the football operation. Last year, Matt Nagy went to George McCaskey and said, hey, I'm interested in knowing your opinion on what we should do with Justin Fields, starting him, and and he, what McCaskey, was befuddled by that. He couldn't believe that he would actually ask that question. He's like, I want nothing to do with this. You're on your own, kid. You you decide what you want to do with Justin Fields. So, in, in fact, I know it sounds ironic to a lot of Bears fans, it's actually a great job if you are the GM because you know more than, than your bosses do at this point. And who knows? I mean, maybe that changes structurally. But And then to answer your question, too, a little bit further about Bobby Wagner and the splash players, we don't know what Ryan Poles is really up to. I mean, the script says he's trying to fill roster spots right now, at least the blueprint, the rough draft, in, in my opinion. As you mentioned, Trevor Simeon, Lucas Patrick, Byron Pringle, um, Equinemia St. Brown, Kari Blassingame, Dakota Dozier, Justin Jones, Kadima. Stop me when you hear an impact guy, Nick Morrow. N- none of them, right? These are all like professional, decent NFL players, but none are game changers. The closest they came to that was Larry Ogunjobi, and there will be no Larry Ogunjobi because he failed his physical. So right now he's filling roster spots. He's trading guys. He's trying to figure out what's the the dead weight on the team what is not and and he's got time so we we haven't seen anything yet we don't really know and we're getting a glimpse we're getting shots of it and we're inferring from the moves but the big stuff hasn't occurred we haven't gotten to the draft yet i mean who knows what happens on draft day they've got six picks right now two in the second round but we don't know if he trades down, trades up, makes a tr- player trade on that day. Who knows? Who knows? So there is still way more mystery than there is anything else when it comes to their – even though they've made all these signings, none of them are guides that are going to change the game or tilt the meter for the Bears. So it's still a, sand, a standby. I, I mean, I don't think there should be any, like, real opinion on Ryan Poles yet. Like, it's impossible. Like, you could, like, look at individual moves and say, oh, I'm not really a big fan of Justin Jones. But really, most of these guys you look at and just say, they're, no, not bad, not bad. Um, they're not going to embarrass himself on a football field. So it, we'll see. It's still a we'll-see situation. And as far as not liking Bill Self, <laughs> which is fine. I, I have no problem with it. It is bizarre 
that it's so college basketball that the the infractions case against Kansas and Bill Self still pending right now, and it couldn't have been a smaller story. In I don't even know if they mentioned it during the the broadcast. Jim Gray, Bill Rafferty, Grant Hill. Did they even mention it? Did the Wolf mention it? Tracy Wolf, who was just great, by the way. I don't know that anybody mentioned it. Was there anything in the pregame? Maybe there was something in one of the pregame shows. I don't know. But it's funny because it's just like part of the fabric of college basketball. It's like most teams are being investigated, it feels like. <laughs> but, you know, Kansas just happens to be a one of the biggest fish in college basketball for a long time now. So when you see infractions next to their name, it, it's a bigger deal. And we had a texter earlier, too, saying, have they had their, their title taken away yet? <laughs> I mean, even that's not even as big a deal. Yeah, had the old title taken away, but we all know we won. It's funny. College basketball is funny. Like, nobody wanted to even think about that, especially during the break. Hey, it's the Blue Bloods. It's Kansas. It's We know that there's cheating that goes on. Everybody does it. It's just a matter of whether or not you get caught. It's the sad facts of of college basketball. It really is. We do have to take a break. We are late for it. I'm Mark Grody. It's score overnight. 312-644-6767 is the number. Come on in on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. Down on Manic, and here we go. Manic circling around and slipped underneath. They go to Love. Love's going to be the one to take it. Puts up the shot. It's off. The game is over. And Kansas completes the biggest championship comeback. Pretty amazing, and the the biggest deficit prior to that, I think I heard them saying, was the 1963 Loyola Ramblers, who eventually won it all that year. The title goes to, we have closure in college basketball, and Kansas and Bill Self, like we were just talking about, wins it all, Kansas 72 and North Carolina 69. Welcome back into Score Overnight. I'm Mark Grody. Here with you until 5 a.m. when it will be Molly and Haw. They'll be on from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. at 520. They have the 5 at 5. The pick 6 at 620, 722. John Heyman talking baseball. Tim Brando from Fox Sports going to be on at 822 talking about the national title game and college basketball as we close it down for the season. And then 842, Mike Florio from ProFootballTalk.com. In the meantime... I want to hear from you at 312-644-6767. Got some good text messages that we'll get to. I will catch up on those here momentarily. But Tracy has been waiting on the south side. So let's talk, Tracy. You're on the score. Tracy. Tracy south side, yes? No? You there, Tracy? Tracy, how are you? Hi, Tracy. How are you? I'm doing good. I want to talk about the white side. I want to know... uh, I think they're going to have a good year this year. Okay. But uh, I'm wondering who you think going to close uh, for the first month because of the injury. Who's going to fill in, you talk about, like as far as the starting pitchers are concerned, Tracy? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yeah, so here's the dealio. So obviously you got you got Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, Dallas Keuchel, and hopefully Michael Kopech with Lance Lynn out. They did sign earlier tonight, just as midnight struck or right around there, they signed Johnny Cueto to a minor league deal. The Sox also, they they threw a guy today, as a matter of fact, in the spring training game named Vince Velasquez, who they signed a few weeks ago. He's going to probably have a shot at maybe making a start or two. Could Reynaldo Lopez have a shot to start a game? Could Michael Stever start a game? So I think you're going to see, let's put it this way, I don't think, Tracy, um, that that will be the last guy that they're going to they're gonna sign this year. So none of it sounds great unless, unless with Johnny Cueto's got a little bit of magic left. I'm, ho- I'm hoping he does because he's definitely good. He's good, isn't he? I mean, he was. I mean, he's had a terrific, like, if you watch him throughout his career, he's had some electric years and electric moments. And I know you're calling about the Sox, but Johnny Cueto, remember one of his best pitch games was a game that he lost to the Cubs in 2016 in the playoffs in the first round on a cold day at Wrigley Field when Javier Baez hit a homer. But I bet you don't really care about the Cubs, do you? Uh, well, no, I don't. I'm not a Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, Tracy. What else is on your mind? 
Oh, the Bulls. I, uh, I think the Bulls are going to win tomorrow night. I think they're going to quit the playoff spot. And I think they're going to get it done tomorrow. I think they have to, Tracy. I do think that we, we finally need to, instead of putting the title must-win on these cupcakes teams where the Bulls have lost most we, of those must-wins, they got to win. they got to beat a good team. They need to have, win this we game. Have to start being, and we have to start beating everyone, good ones and bad. We have to get on a winning streak. This, this team is too good. It has too much talent to be playing the way they're playing. It's true, and they have, like, it's time. Like, it's it's – borderline embarrassing that they're 0 and 17 against the top 3 teams in both conferences and they play Milwaukee tonight 6:45 on the score they host Boston then tomorrow so back to backs it's a tough ask but if they were to win both the Milwaukee and Boston games i mean that makes up for a lot and that would feel right I think from the organizational standpoint, yes, of course, from fans, but that would that that could mean everything. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm putting the the you really need to win this game attachment to the Milwaukee game. You know, you really need one of these. Things are not well for the Bulls right now in terms of the way they have played, in terms of their injuries with Alex Caruso banged up with his back and his wrist and Zach Levine probable every night because of his left knee. And, you know, Patrick Williams, you know, gets a little better every game, but he's still not good. You know, I wouldn't call Patrick Williams like a good contributor yet. It's all there. It could happen. But he's not somebody who you're like, oh, this guy's going to get hot tonight. It doesn't happen with him. It just doesn't. So, and then Lonzo Ball, that ain't happening. You know, he's not going to walk through that door anytime soon, and I'd be shocked if he does at all, considering the way the the lack of news and the news that has been had, and that is every time you hear, well, he's still not doing anything. He was doing stuff, and now he's not doing anything. So it's certainly a lull for Lonzo Ball. I didn't have time to get to your text messages. I promise I will do that in the next segment. I'm Mark Grody. It's Score Overnight on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score, Chicago's sports station. I am Mark Grody. It's Score Overnight. 312-644-6767. Would A.J. Pruszynski want to manage the White Sox? He was asked that question yesterday, and we'll play it back for you here in just a little bit. And even more interesting is who is, was, A.J. Pruszynski's favorite pitcher to catch for. Yes, he was on the White Sox, not the Twins or San Francisco. So, and the answer might surprise you. But as promised, some of your text messages here at 312-644-6767. Mark, question, who would be the Blackhawks' Khalil Mack? And when you ask that question, I'm assuming that you mean piece that you can trade to get guys back. I don't think you mean, like, somebody who's really good. So I'm going to go with that because we were talking about Mac earlier. But um, I don't know, Brandon Hagel? <laughs> Not that good enough? Marty Havlat? That's the name I thought of. <laughs> Marty Havlat, okay. But, it, well, you know, Hagel. Not necessarily, actually, a, I guess, a Mac-quality guy, but if he's, like, similar role, trading him when he weren't good to get good. Right, right. Exactly, but I'm trying to think of who's on this roster right now. And the Hagel, <laughs> Brandon <look>, Hagel. <laughs> well, well, I mean, they got surprisingly good value. I mean, a couple. That's a really, of, it was a really good trade. That kudos to to Davidson. No, really. I mean, like conditional, and he he was a player that other teams had been coveting for a long time before the Blackhawks traded. Young goal scorer, and that that plays in the postseason, and he will play and contend with Tampa Bay. And the Blackhawks did pretty well with that. Um, I thought they did pretty well with Mark Andre Fleury as well. But the real answer, I guess, to that question, it's Patrick Kane. I mean, if you're talking about a tra- or a piece of that magnitude for whom you and you're going to get more relative to football than for Patrick Kane. I mean, you get some. This ain't football, you know. Patrick Kane 
will get you multiple first rounders and probably a young player, you know, at at the least. So, and then I guess Alex DeBrinket would be in like he's kind of like he's a better brand than Hagel. So there is a ton of value there, but I would imagine they do consider him part of the core. But a lot of people thought Brandon Hagel was part of of the core. So yeah, I mean, and then you know, Kirby Doc. I I don't know. Um, but Kane is the answer. Kane would probably be the answer to that question. Three one two six forty four. 67, 67 is the number. No, Will Smith cannot be nominated for an Oscar. He's restricted from being on the Academy ballot. It's like Pete Rose being in the Hall of Fame. Okay, that answers a question from a conversation we had had earlier about Will Smith. I mean, he can't. So next year, if he if he has the best acting performance of the year and he's in an undeniable movie, doesn't matter. He's not in the Academy, so forget about it. I think it would be hilarious to see he and – Chris Rock present though at the Oscars. They got to do something, man. They got to. Eventually, everybody needs to capitalize on this little mishap. Is another text here? Is San Francisco ballpark nicer than Pirates ballpark? Both are beautiful. Yeah, I'd say San Francisco. I mean, look, you have an ocean or a bay that is over. It's just like the San Francisco bar, ballpark is just just stunning it is beautiful the way i mean it it translates too. the way because it looks pretty beautiful on tv it's it's what it looks like it's just is a gorgeous gorgeous ballpark and you know like i said those are some damn good fans in san fran for my time on the tour some of the best fans in baseball they really are smart fans um hey mark did you ever mention why you and z Squared, oh, Z squared, Zach Zayman. Um, switch teams that you reported on. Um, I don't make a big deal out of that, but all I can say about that is that that's one of those little times in life where things probably worked out better for both parties. Zach is crushing the play-by-play. I love covering the Bears and being live at Bears games, and I love hosting on the score. So, And Zach is terrific at play-by-play, which he will be doing a lot of again this year. So that's what I'll say about that. Mark, congrats on getting into the ISU Hall of Fame. Um, Also on the Cubs, I don't understand why Ricketts is trying to buy a soccer team while the 22 pitching roster seems worse than the 2021 pitchers. I am not comprehending this. Very frustrating, says the texter. See ya. It's so funny, man. It's like it's like when the president of the United States, whether any president throughout all the years, whenever a president goes on vacation, everybody gets, oh, that president's just golfing. Every president golfs. Every president goes, well, this is, the whole country's coming down, and you're on like, in, in the whole grand scheme of things, the Cubs aren't missing anything because Tom Ricketts is trying to buy a soccer team. There's, there's not, th- like, he's not all of a sudden, like, it's, uh, gone gone looking for a soccer team. We're going to shut down the Cubs for a couple of weeks. That's not what's happening. Like, like it is inconsequential, I would say, to be honest with you, that 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 because Tom Ricketts is looking at a soccer team, like if you want to be mad about that and use that as an additive to your anger about the Cubs, that's fine. But th- that is not a reason to get get mad at Tom Ricketts because he traded you Darvish before the season started last year. That that's fine with me. But the idea that we're all going crazy that how dare you? <laughs> you know where your loyalty needs to be, and it's right here with the Chicago Cubs. There's there's no pain in Tom Ricketts wanting to buy it. I promise you, eyes are still on the Cubs, still the the priority. Um, but as far as the pitching is concerned, you're right about that. I mean, I would say it's uh, I would say you're absolutely right. It is the Cubs pitching staff is oof, probably worse than last year's. Yeah. Yeah, just right now, because remember, I keep trying to play this game, and I'm not going to do it again. But go ahead. I dare you to play it. Your first two guys on on the rotation are Kyle Hendricks and Marcus Stroman. What else you got after that? That's all I'm going to say. Back to the phones. Tom and Algonquin. Tommy Boy, you're on the score. Oh, good morning, uh, Mark. Well, you would have uh, Alec Mills. Yeah, you do. Oh, I can name all the guys, but yeah, but you know what? Ross is not. Ross is only naming the top three. He's got 
Justin Steele thrown in there. And last year, Alec Mills deserved to be in the five-man in the beginning of the season by virtue of the no-no that he threw. And for some reason, Ross, he's got one junk man in uh, Kyle Hendricks. It's like he doesn't want two junk men. He wants all power arms or something. Well, but remember Alec last Mills, year was the whole year of junk arm because you had uh, Zach Davies in, involved in that as well last year. That's true. That's true, right. too. I forgot. But the point is uh, Mills was not in the starting rotation for about three weeks. He finally broke in. And he served them well. He threw a lot of innings. He, I think he pitched 30 games or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And uh, but, but you would agree, but Tom, you would agree though that he's a in a major league rotation. He's at best a four, a five. probably a five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you need a five. You need yeah, a four. Yeah, but, you but need the problem, five, but, I mean. but Tom, they're all fours and fives after Hendricks and Stroman. Dwayne no, but Miley, he was. I don't know yet if he's named yet. I, I, I just God forbid they say nope, nope, nope. Now that Justin Steele's developing, and next thing you know, they're going to go with another power arm. Go with a guy that's proven he can. He can. Uh, and I don't agree with that. I mean, and look, there's no, there's no telling what Justin Steele or Keegan Thompson are. So the point remains. I dare you to tell me there's quality beyond the first two starting pitchers. But what else, no, Tom? I know that's no. Okay. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, Alec Mills, his consistency, he deserves a little bit of a shot at being in the rotation. All right. But well, he's going to have a where shot. I, was going. I know. That I know. Is Go the, ahead. That isn't even where I was going. All right, let's go. Let's get I wanted there. to talk about the rule change, or not the rule change, but they're going to keep the rule for the man on second base the next yep. innings. Yep, that's good. It's a good thing. And no, why? I want to hear one reason why it's good. Because it gets games over with more quickly and you don't how, have extra. How is that? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. So you get the game over with more quickly instead of extending the game 12 to 14, 15, and some games get ridiculous. You know what happens at almost all extra innings games that go beyond 12 innings? Players get sent down because they've been they've been extended. There's it, 28 players this year. Yeah, I There's know. 28 but the, players this well, year. Well, temporarily, temporarily. In May, it goes back to 26. And who knows? I mean, they, they could. I, I have a feeling, Tom, that they might extend that. Who knows? And right now, you could have as many pitchers as you want on a roster, but that will change again. And the point remains that who extra says innings. the game extra, is short and no. It, Doesn't the other team get the bat in the bottom of the inning? Well, yeah, but but these games are so prone. To say? Tom, Tom, the game it, it, logic dictates games are much more prone to ending quickly when you start an inning with a guy on second base. Yeah, because for one, there's not that many extra inning games. I think the Cubs had five or six last year. But there's a, there's yeah. a, there's enough of them that both both hey both sides agreed on this man. There's something to be said. I don't that. know if I believe that. I've read it, but I don't know if I believe that. Okay, and another thing is, you know what I would do strategically? Yes. If I was the visiting team and that score in the top of the tenth, I would immediately drill the first batter that bats. I would drill them. Because why? Okay. That team only needs one run. They only need one run. So the guy that you drill doesn't matter. Well, and why do you, you know want to hit him? Why do you want to hit him? Just to prove a point that it's a dumb rule. Just to prove a point that, hey, <laughs> hey, listen, Mark, if it's a guy you know you can strike out with ease, fine. But if it's a good player or no, either way, just you, you drill them. You, you show that, hey, this is stupid. This rule is stupid. You, you can get people killed and you can get people hurt. And, and that's the truth. Well, think about you're, it. you're certainly not solving the problem by getting people hurt by throwing at them. Exactly, but that rule <laughs> entices it. That rule. No, it doesn't. It, it actually it, keeps guys healthier. In fact, there are less innings in which to get hurt. There are there is less time now. Or this, you get guys getting sent down. You have to bring guys up. It's just a big pain in the ass for for rosters. It's bad for the players. It's bad for the managers. It's bad for the GMs. Bad to have a guy audit. Okay, it's hard on the pitcher. The pitcher now. Wait a minute. I got to come in with a guy already in the scoring position. Oh, that and, is tough. That is no. You're right about that. I mean, if you want so to debate that, 
and how unfair that might be. But well, you're I mean, stressing pitching staffs, but you're not because you got a 28 man roster and you got about 16 pitchers. Well, which, the, I, again, Tom, that didn't, that didn't exist. Game. That didn't exist last year. The 28 pitchers. Now, now you could have a 28 man roster. Yes, you are absolutely correct. And Tom, thanks for the call. You are absolutely correct. You can definitely have. The, a guy on second base to to start the, the inning, but that's not where I was going with it. My mind just went a different direction. But you can have as many pitchers as you want on that roster up until the, the May deadline, and then it goes back to normal. So And it obviously wasn't like that last year. So I just think that it is the, the idea of, and I understand, like there are a lot of people that are baseball fans who don't mind the 15 inning games. I, I'm not even saying I, I mind it. Like whatever. I've I've been a baseball fan my whole life. I've watched millions of games, and a lot of the games that I've watched were extra innings. And I don't leave because they're extra innings. I'm more prone to staying, in fact, and seeing how it unfolds and the drama that exists. However, sometimes there's just a better way of doing business. Just a better way of doing business, and it is better that these games that there isn't the drag effect because it drags down. It's not just, it's not just that it can hurt a roster. The longer a game goes and the more pitchers that are used, it's also a drag for the fans. And if we're talking about growing the game and making baseball better and more interesting to younger and newer fans, scoreless extra inning games, inning after inning after inning, sucks for those people for maybe for you and i we'll watch it and be like we get it because it's the strategy unfortunately that's that's not the way people consume baseball today and it's just not that interesting when it goes that deep it, what is interesting is starting a man on second base <laughs> here we go here we go lockdown and there's a whole new strategy and guess what for the for the purists out there that don't like the rule, there's one thing you should like about it, because if you're a purist, you probably don't mind a good sacrifice bunt every once in a while. When you get that guy on second base to start it in, and guess what? I'm okay with a bunt in that spot. Get him over, and then get him in. Perfect. So there are many different uh, layers to all of this. 312-644-6767. And, Tom, thank you for the call. I didn't mean to – I had to cut you a little bit short because we're kind of getting up against I know you wanted to talk about the Bulls and the Bears, and perhaps, perhaps we will get to those things here in just a little bit. Um, from the 616, 616 Grody, thanks for picking up the score overnight. Whether how long you do it, you're doing a heck of a job. It's like a friend who you see uh, see the light on in your kitchen at 1 a.m. to talk sports with you. I like that. I like that idea. Yes. We're just hanging out because it's like no matter what no matter what form you are listening in right now, whether it's work or you're just out driving around, driving home from work, maybe you're just up and you can't sleep. Like it's a weird time no matter what. Even if it's like normal for you, quote unquote. It's the the overnight hours are strange. They could be hard. They could be mysterious, and they could be fun too. The overnight hours, um, and we're trying to bring all that to you. That's the vibe. We're you're trying, trying to, to be a here. wise no, guy. No, here. I know no, what you're doing. no, 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 Robert. No, no, no. Enough are... is enough. <laughs> Less. I am just trying to carry on your legacy and do it justice. There is zero chance of that happening. Yeah. Uh, haven't heard tr uh, from the 773. Haven't heard Tracy in a while. Old school, less caller. Patrick from Gage Park. Yeah, I recognize that voice, too. Tracy's a great call. I remember her calling Grobber all the time, and she wanted to talk about the, the White Sox, and she has a, a lot of optimism for them, I think it could be a rough start to the Sox season. That's okay. I mean, they I think that they obviously are good enough to get over it, and there are a still, even though the division as a whole has gotten better with Minnesota, thinking that maybe they got a little something going on, the Tigers adding Javier Baez and, you know, a few other players, and um, the Cleveland Indians, excuse me, what are they called? 
the Cleveland Guardians. Tr- trancers? The, oh, yeah, the, the, the Guardians. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> that should be their name now. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, just pull the name out of your head. Well, tra- the Cleveland Trancers. That's funny. What are they, the butterflies? Yeah. The, the Cleveland. What? Huh? Even if mad, you... uh, they he wanted them to be the Spiders because that was the the Negro League team named down yeah, there. Yeah. Which would have been I, such hey, a cool name. I think so, too. I think that probably the reason they didn't do it is like half the country is afraid of spiders. Maybe even more than that. That's so true. I don't, like, you see, like like tarantula spiders on like their beer cups and like their tickets like oh <laughs> yeah. like in fact now that we're working through this that would have been a horrible idea yeah we're actually the spiders that's ter- that'd be kind of scary you'd have to make that spider look real friendly and i feel like that's tough to do no it really is spider you know like I, when i was a kid i was told spiders are our friends because they eat the other insects but if i see a spider in my home they are immediately not my friend at all so uh, yeah. i thought so i was told if you got bitten by a spider you would turn into a spider man well yeah, there's, that's something to look into for yeah sure. it seems like a pretty good life i mean we'll you're hanging to... on webs and you're just waiting for food right I yeah mean, that's that's all you do all day i'm not sure but, i mean i'm not sure behind the signs behind it but i mean you know the results that'd be nice i mean be pretty cool can you live like that like for a day like you just like you're just day. sitting there like you're on the wall and you're just waiting for food like it's just uh, all day long. It's a continue. Well, there's some food. I'm gonna go get that. I'm gonna spin it up in my web. I'm gonna put it over here and wait for more food. Like that's a pretty good way to to go through life. But this is a long way to to say that the Cleveland, whatever their name is, they always have a way of. There's probably gonna be guys on their starting staff whose names you don't know, and you're like, who is John? Bastenhoff, and then then and then John Bastenhoff will have a two thirty six ERA by the All Star break. So there is that. But the Sox will win the division this year. That no no doubt, one hundred percent, they will win the division. They will get into the postseason, and they damn well better win a series this year. It's score overnight. I'm Mark Rody, Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law